episode number 113 with the spiritual gangster who actually knocked Eckhart Tolle off the number one spot in the Amazon bestseller list. Episode number 113 of Creating Space is with Morgan Field, and Morgan Field is a spiritual gangster you need to be watching for. man, it's so hard these days just not saying what is happening. And now that Lo was on the last podcast, he's got me feeling some kind of way about the introduction. But for old time's sake, what is happening, guys? What's up? Hope you're doing well. 113 episodes in, rolling strong. We're only catching steam. And you guys know I'm a super spiritual guy. I like to consider myself a, a male spiritual gangster. You know what I mean? And Here's a female version of that. I think a lot of our female listeners, this is going to be your spirit animal. Morgan Field, she's a badass. Her energy is rock star level. I really do compare her to the likes of Gabby Bernstein, to the likes of Alexi Panos. She's got the ability to channel spirit. She's an intuitive guide. She's super, super innovative with her leadership and coaching style. And she's also the best selling, let me rephrase that the Amazon number one best-selling author of the book Epic Sexy You, the book that knocked off Eckhart Tolle. I mean, hold on. Wait a minute. What a badass. That's awesome. And I'm so excited to bring her perspective, her level of intensity, and her ability to coach and mentor onto the podcast. You guys need to buckle your seatbelt, maybe two, maybe get a roll cage uh, welded on inside of your car right now if you're listening there. But before we get to that, I want to get to the iTunes review of the week. So on iTunes, this week's choice is Robin3131, who says, Wes's energy is contagious and is constantly radiating goodness. His drive to succeed is not solely about him, but his care and his willingness to share with his tribe is limitless. Wes inspires, motivates, and makes you think how you too can become your better self. His podcasts are captivating, whether Mindset Monday to start your week off with a positive drive or through his Thursday interviews with the most badass roster of guests. You won't be disappointed. Robin, really loving that beautiful, um, really well-written paragraph there about your experience with creating space. And I'm so excited to be able to have the opportunity to continue to bring you value. So moving forward, if you guys continue to share on Instagram or to review on iTunes, you'll be selected into the review of the week for the ability to be shouted out on the podcast, just like Robin3131 this week. So without any further ado, it's time to uh, lock and load into Morgan Fields' energy. And let's have a little fun on this 113th episode of Creating Space. Morgan Field, what is happening? Welcome to Creating Space. How are you doing? Woo! I'm excited <laughs> to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I am. Uh, I'm so pumped that Zach Lansat introduced us, uh, got us, got me checking out what you're doing. And when I started to do a little bit of homework, I said, "Holy shit, Morgan!" actually bumped Eckhart Tolle off of the Amazon top list. And Eckhart Tolle is a guy that I study before I go to bed. I'm like an 
how how the hell can I not bring Morgan on the show? This is amazing. I'm so excited that you're here, Morgs. Yeah, I'm super pumped too. And I love that you called me Morgs. I love that. That's like right to my heart. So oh, yeah, yeah well, thank you. And huge infinite gratitude to Zach as well. Yeah, no, super cool. For those of you who have not heard of Morgan just yet, she is the author of Epic Sexy You, No Limits, No Rules. It's a book about self-love. Morgan is, if you haven't been able to tell already. She's gleaming with some authenticity. I'm excited about this episode. Before we get started, as I do with all the guests, what are you juiced about? What are you grateful for right now, Morgs? Oh, man. I'm I'm living at the intersection of terrifying and exhilarating, and I'm the most juiced about the thing that most people would be like, you're crazy, which it is. I'm, I'm most excited about finding what Bob Proctor calls the terror barriers, and just walking right through them. Like to me, that's the most exciting way to live life. So we were talking like right now it's, I'm, I'm really figuring out what's my heaven on earth and being radically honest with myself about what that looks like and what it doesn't look like and who plays into that and who doesn't play into that. And it's change it's transforming my life in, in a really amazing way and a very scary way <laughs> so you're going through uh, are you trying to tell me you're going through a big transition right now i mean what's happening I, right now <laughs> creating space for myself yeah <laughs> yeah i love it um a lot of times that happens because i feel that we we tend to get away from ourselves right which is the antithesis of what you're about self-love and and the understanding of self and that relationship with self but before we get kind of diving into all of those spots, where, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? And have you always kind of been connected to self? Great question. So I grew up right outside of Chicago. And I think that's actually a piece of why this transition feels so big. It's like shedding the version of me who grew up in this town and honoring it, celebrating it and shedding it at the same time. So um, and I feel like when I was a little kid, I completely honored self, but I got in trouble for being myself. Like all the time I was told I was too much, or I was told that I had a really wild imagination. I remember like talking about people in the basement. My parents were like, Oh, there's no one in the basement. What is she talking about? You know, like, <laughs> energy. And I could feel there were, there was like something in the basement. I was like, well, those people don't like me down there, you know? And so just, I, I was, I was subdued quite a bit in order to be controlled, um, in a way of like, imagine having just like a completely wild, child and that was me and I'm just and I still am I'm like this wild crazy amazing energy and so I feel like throughout my life teachers tried to tame me or you know parents in order to get me to be easier to <laughs> to deal with tried to tame me and I lost connection with myself for many years like the blackout years and um and I feel like I reawakened to self in around 28 coming into 29 and 30 and then just bullet train ever since that's really cool i think i started to hit that awakening or reawakening at 27 but it took an injury did you have something that pushed you into that or was it an evolution a slow process um i feel like there there was a whisper i started hearing well there was a couple of things so 
I kept hearing there's got to be more to this than this, right? Like, you know, I was in a corporate career where I was chasing my way up the ladder and I kept thinking, oh, at that next spot, I'll be happy at that next promotion at the next, you know, paycheck. And I got to the top, the, the position that I had wanted to be in my entire career there. I got to the top and I had all of my bills paid off. I had no car payment. I, you know, it was like everything by the definition of society or what I had bought into, I was supposed to feel happy and I didn't. On top of that, my body was screaming at me. I had fibromyalgia. Um, I was being treated for chronic fatigue. I was like 35 pounds overweight. So my body was screaming at me. I had all of these autoimmune diseases I was diagnosed with. And I just started to be like, hmm, something's, something's trying to tell me something. And I feel like once you realize something's an illusion and once you realize something was a falsity, which that I had bought into the paradigm that I would be happy when, which is a dangerous paradigm. And then when I arrived at when and I wasn't fulfilled, I was like, okay, I'm out. You know, like, this yeah. is not cool. And then um, I also, if I'm being really honest, I talk about this in the book too. I feel like I just kept dating the same type of person over and over and over and over. And they were so toxic and right. And, and I, I was like, okay, I can totally stop. Like I can will this to happen. I can stop dating this type of person. And I started dating someone who, what I thought genuinely was a nice guy. And then fast forward like a month later and I went out to dinner with one of the girls that I work with who I was really good friends with. And I'm talking about a girl who like I had pictures of her in my home. So we were close and I'm, you know, if I'm getting to know someone, I might be a little bit more private about it initially, especially when the person worked with me. So it's like, Oh, I feel where this goes before I broadcast it. And so I asked her, Oh, like, what do you think about that new guy at work? And she's like, Oh, we're kind of dating. And I was like, I need some help. Wow. Yeah. So it was an, another I call them toxic ass clowns. Like it was another one. And so that was, that was a huge awakening for me to go. I need some help processing this. Wow. That's um, that's a unique experience. I think that I don't think a lot of people figure it out so quickly. I think people will have that the subconscious incompetence, right? And, and they they keep falling down these loops and they have no idea that they're in it and they can't get themselves out of it, but you pulled yourself out. God, checking in with yourself. That's a talent. That's a skill, right? And that's what creating space is all about. Where did you start to learn these aspects of checking in with yourself and realigning and figuring yeah. these things out? Or were they books that you started to read? Was it intuition that you started to connect to? Combination of all of it? Talk to me about this. So I remember I was probably like 20 six or 27 and a guy I worked with came up to me and he was like, okay, like seriously, you have to read this book. You know, and he was kind of whispering about it. I'm like, what? And he had, you know, he was like, it's called the secret. And he just, he had this gleam in his eyes and this look in his eyes. And he was like, I just got a job that I had no business getting. I'm not qualified for it. I have, you know, and, and he was just like, but I just followed everything that this book talked about. And I could just feel he was onto something. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm a sponge. I'm so curious. And I have such a thirst and hunger for knowledge and wisdom. And so I was like, yeah, okay, I'll read it. So I feel like that was my first 
entry point. And I feel like our brains need proof to get on board of the self-love train or the self-development train. And I was a skeptic at first. And in the book, it actually talked about start envisioning every time you go to the mail that you're going to open it up and it's going to be a check. And I was like, this is probably, you know, BS, but I'll play. Sure. Why not? Right. You know? And I kid you not within a week, I opened it. I opened the mail and there was a check for like $178 from five years ago when I had worked at express, when I was, you know, working in retail and they were like, Oh, you never picked up your check. So we're mailing it to you now. And I was like, Oh, and then I started reading the law of attraction and I started, um, being more and more open. I started saying yes to myself instead of always saying yes to everyone else. I started, you know, and no to myself. I started saying yes to myself and I was like, Oh, okay. So I'll read this. And, and then I remember being at, um, because I really needed help breaking the pattern of dating people that were not healthy for me. So I got into therapy and I started working with life coaches and then I, but I didn't know they were life coaches at the time. And then I went to a a retreat that was all about helping me understand the insight to a male mind. And cause I'm so, I was so curious about it. And I went up to the guy and I said, what is this thing you're doing? And he goes, it's life coaching. And I was like, huh? So I went home and I started studying life coaching. And then that's actually the random serendipity that brought me to go into life coaching on my own was my own like insatiable thirst and hunger for learning about myself. I call it the university of you, like enrolling in the university of me. And I wanted to be my own guinea pig in everything first. So that's, that's just, and then it just kept going and going and going. I love that. When you go deeper down the rabbit hole, you just want to find more and more and more. Yeah. What I've recognized most recently is that all of the things that I think I should be doing in particular for my, my business and for the podcast, all of the aspects of driving the train forward are really starting to pull up some things out of me, especially some anxiety of feeling like I have to do everything all of the time. So that is my most recent recognition that sometimes less is more and there's a lot of importance and balance. And how can you talk about creating space if you're not actually slowing down and taking the time to get 10,000 feet above? What's the most recent recognition in your university of you? What's the most recent recognition that you've had? Okay. So even just playing on what you just talked about, which is it's counterintuitive for the mind, not for the soul. It's counterintuitive for the mind to slow down. And yet the soul knows that that's actually where that magic secret sauce of the birthplace of innovation and delight and excitement and true self inquisition. That's where it is. It's in those moments of hitting pause and sitting still and giving yourself permission to be. So in my, my recent awakenings are things like realizing. So I have an avatar that I call the do it all girl. (laughs) Is she here right now? Um, no, because we are playing. So you have the crazy, epic, sexy, fun, wild, and free me right now. All right. <laughs> she was the best version of me to show up. Love it. Um, the do it all girl is the one who was like, cool. So we're going to move to Florida. When I say we, it's me and myself and I, uh, me and all my avatars, we're going to move to Florida because that's part of me being radically honest with myself and 
pursuing my heaven on earth and creating my heaven on earth. So, um, so she's like, great, well, let's sell it and let's be the realtor. Cause I have a license, right? So like, let's use it and let's do it. So I'm doing it all. And I remember hearing, like I was in the midst of just the rabbit hole of doing instead of being. And I hear, I always do this cause it's, it comes from like the, the right hand side is where I always hear guidance. And so I start hearing this whisper cause I'm, I listen to it now and I start hearing this whisper that's like, Hey, do you, you think you're ever going to give her a bit of a break? I don't know, like a vacation or something. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, you know? And so then I start having this dialogue with myself, which is where radical honesty happens. I even sometimes say it out loud or in front of a mirror. And I'm like, asking this guidance, why, why did you, why did you even guide me to, to be the one to sell my place? Like, hello, I run a business. I, I'm just started a nonprofit to do the same work that I do with adults, but with young women, you know, and I have all, I have this huge vision. I'm in talks right now with TV producers for a show. Like I have so many things on my plate. Why did you recommend that I also be my realtor? And I heard that, my, well, an idle mind is the devil's playground in the period of transition I'm in right now, which you, you know, and I'll share with the listeners is I just ended a relationship with someone that I've been with for quite a while and am moving. And so in that transitory period, it was like, give myself something to do. And I said, well, I'm going to have to deal with that anyways. And I heard, yes, when you're in the sun in the palm trees, honoring your son, goddess self. And then I was like, Oh, you're good. You know, (laughs) it's sometimes too. I think we, when we don't honor those voices or the whispers or the guidance, we, um, we're just pushing ourselves through life. And yet when you listen and you allow yourself to pause when it feels right to pause, then by the time I pause, as an example, I'll be in the sun and it'll be a lot easier to mourn the loss of relationship and the loss of a different version of your life and of yourself as you build something new when you're already in the new. Why is it so hard to pause? For me, God, it's the hardest thing, right? You talked about being counterintuitive and everything inside of you wants to push forward, but it's so true. Every single time I meet myself on the mat in yoga or I go for a massage and I'm forced to slow down, that it's this vortex is opened up and thing. I'll get texts from people that I need to hear from. I'll get emails. All of the right uh, creativity is is able to come in there. But why? Why is it so hard for us to slow down? Um, I think it's different for each person. Um, I can speak for myself and just for a lot of the people that I work with. And you know, it's that enough. You know, it's the I'm not enough uh, gremlin that it's, it's like the, the inner child programming that our parents accidentally never, like no parent would ever purposely be like, I'm going to program inside you that nothing's enough or you're not enough. Right. It's just, it's an, you know, sometimes we get, sometimes people, you know, are born into birth families where they are given a lot of money as their inheritance. And uh, the majority of us though, we are born into families where our inheritance is this energy of, okay, now pass this down. You're not enough, you know? And so there's something really wildly uncomfortable to actually have to face that. 
And what also happens is when you sit still, you might hear things you don't like, like, hello, Morgan, um, I need you to leave the relationship that you're in and I need you to move to Florida and I need you to leave the town that you've known your whole life. Basically, we're going to take your comfort blanket and we're going to shred it, you know, and I'm like, right. ah. so you stay really busy so that you don't have to face yourself or face the messages or which is, again, it's like, and, and yet when you do listen and when you do sit still, you get the guidance that helps you create your heaven on earth. That helps you create your abundance portal that is just waiting to be given to you. It's like, Wes, come step into this portal of amazing magic and sparkle and unicorn, you know? <laughs> and oftentimes we're like, yeah, 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 I'll do that later. You know, because right. it's, um, what is the quote? It's like the cave that you fear most to enter is the one that holds the treasure. And I think that's also why we don't sit still. Yes. Wow, that's so good. That's so good. And, and the, the deeper you drive down into the soul, the happier you become. And it's so funny. Every single time I come back to my mat and I'll, anyone that comes to me and says, Wes, I'm struggling with self-love. The only thing I tell them is go to Lululemon, buy a yoga mat and go to yoga. Selfless plug there for Lululemon. Uh, <laughs> I love those guys over there and am so excited about being an ambassador. However, um, this whole aspect of yourself, and I heard you mention a little bit about these birth families, right? And that's a little cue for anyone who's listening that uh, there might be a little spirituality in, inside of Morgan Field. Tell me a little bit about your relationship with Source, your relationship with yourself and, and that connection with the deeper you go inside of you what you interpret that to be with like in respect to the relationship with source. So, um, what's interesting. I feel like when you go down the rabbit hole of connecting to yourself and source, we talked about this one day, like I feel like I'm cheating in life. <laughs> That's you know? awesome. I hear things and I see things, whether they're messages for myself or for other people, I have it. It's like unleashed superpowers, you know, where I can energetically read someone or I can feel their feelings or, um, I can tell if they're breathing or not breathing or, you know, whether I'm on the phone with them, so I can't even see them or whether I'm, you know, can get a visual or I'm in person doesn't matter. Um, it's almost like being connected to source removes all limitations and illusions and veils. So time is an illusion. Space is an illusion. So people are always perplexed or confused or intrigued at how I can read someone that I don't even know. Like if you and I were talking about someone and you were like, give me some insights, I could tap into their energy and it's, it's kind of freaky and it's so cool, you know? Right. And so I feel like we are all connected. It's just about learning to listen and it's about taming the mind. So I have tamed my mind so much. I mean, I'm fully immersed in this all day long. This is what I help other people learn how to do. And so you, you best believe when you're teaching, you're learning. So I'm so grateful for that and the accountability that I have to stay connected to source and, and be on stage has, and when I say be on stage, I mean like, shining your lighthouse as bright as possible and really owning your power. What that does is allows other people to do that as well. Um, and so, yeah, I always feel like I don't have to prepare for things or plan for things like everyone else. 
that is down that rabbit hole because I am so connected to source that it just happens in the moment. And I'm just guided, even if I don't know why. And my mind now has so much proof that it's working and that it's magic that my mind's like, well, I don't get it, but you want to <laughs> like, you know, so, so not to say that I don't experience resistance. I do, but yeah. Yeah. But you just, and I, and listen, I love what you're saying because I don't think I'm as far evolved as you are, but I'm stumbling down that same rabbit hole. And what I love is that as you break through fear and break through resistance, you begin to look at resistance a different way. And although it's there, it just, your perception and the illusion of it changes. So I have my ways to try and get back into my power. I don't do it quick enough yet. I'm still caught in loops that I last, that I allow to last a little too long. Talk to me about your specific habits or rituals or routines that you do that keep you in that powerful zone. The biggest thing is that anything that scares me, I say yes to it. So ah, really? Don't anything. put that on me, Morgs. Come on now. Yeah. And I would like to say you are more evolved than you give yourself credit for. And I think all of your listeners or anyone who knows you wow. should definitely know that. Yeah. You're like this awakened being and there's like this tiny little veil and you're like, I don't see it. And I'm like, want to shake So yeah, I say yes to everything I'm afraid of. I mean, hello, I just left a relationship that, that with someone that I genuinely love because my intuition and my guidance was like, we're not on the same path. And you could continue to, to ignore that and deny that. And I always say that staying would have been settling. And I do not mean settling for him as a person. I just mean settling for a life that wasn't what I genuinely wanted to live. Right. And it's about really honoring synchronicity. So if something's meant to be, it'll be, and if it's painful or it's hard or, you know, then it's not meant to be. So I'm really good about constantly asking myself, what do you not want to say out loud? What is it that you're afraid to say yes to? What is it that you um, are afraid to say no to? Like I'm always really dancing with fear. I'm always getting all up in it and I snuggle with my demons. I can see how uncomfortable that's even. <laughs> no, I have, I, I'm trying to quieten my mind right now because I'm, I have, it's going pew, pew, pew. There's like 15 different questions in different directions. And it's like, Wes, keep listening. Just shut up. <laughs> Just keep listening. <laughs> Go on. Sorry. Yeah. So, I mean, so that's it really. It's about not being afraid of your darkness. And, and one of my soul gifts that I have spent a lot of time cultivating and developing is sitting in my darkness and sitting with others in their darkness. And I also love sitting with people in their light. So, um, so yeah. Okay. So hit me with whatever direction. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here we go. I got, had the excellent opportunity. I have this incredible business strategist right now, this mentor who literally sourced, just used the, the claw from Toy Story, picked up this guy and like dropped him right in my life. And I have no idea how and why this guy feels compelled to help me, but he's just pushing me in business and showing me all these really cool things. So anyways, I'm a storyteller, Morg, so hold on for a second. I'll get there. He invites me up to Charlottesville, Virginia. He's, an, uh, he's a University of Virginia alumni, and he one of his businesses that he owns is based out of Charlottesville. So I, he takes me up 
to go stay in an Airbnb, hang out with him and meet his business partner. And he's taking me to the business meetings. He's taking me to client meetings. He's really just showing me what it's like to be a badass, right? And we go for our last lunch before we we leave. We have a lunch with myself, he and his business partner. His business partner, Brian, is just a cool dude as well. They, they're some techies and they look at life from a really intellectual space. And I really think that's cool because all of my life I've been around athletes, right? So it's a whole different type of mindset and it's really new and, and uh, interesting to see how different people view life. So anyways, we're having conversations. We're sitting there and uh, we all pour ourselves a Blanton's uh, whiskey or bourbon. And uh, over a glass of bourbons as a toast, uh, blends, we, we cheers and, and all of a sudden the conversation steers where Brian picks the, the direction um, and we're three super um, introspective guys. So it shifts kind of deep. Okay. And all of a sudden the conversation comes up about letting go of the issues from parents, right? That we carry with us. And he was talking about Every time this trigger would come up, it was what he learned through therapy was it was just his younger self being upset and things that he was carrying along with him from five, six, seven years old that he never had dealt with. And all of a sudden I started having all these revelations about this shit that I was carrying from my relationship with my father and all of the aspects of my life where I was holding on to that and trying to prove to him that I, you know, you mentioned being good enough and all of those kind of things. And then it got to me where it was time for me to speak. And all of a sudden there was this rush of emotion. And if I'm about to like burst into tears on this bar in front of everyone. And I couldn't even understand that. I didn't even realize that I had all of this emotion tapped and, and locked away that at that moment had kind of been released. My question to you is, how important is it is you you talk about that darkness, right? Those aspects of yourself that you don't want to listen to, that noise that comes up that's asking for you to sit in it. How do you sit in that and allow that to come up and not be scared shitless and want to run away? Well, I think that it's a lie that we won't be scared shitless. <laughs> so I think that's the that's the illusion also, or it's a falsity that we believe is like that people who sit in darkness don't have fear. Oh, I feel the fear. I just do it anyways, because my agreement with myself, my standard of living and my standard of life is anything I'm afraid of. I say yes to. Wow. I, I strive to live that life. Right. So, and I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do something and go, oh, okay, I didn't quite sit in the darkness as much here or right. But it's all about progress and always going deeper and more and more forward and saying yes to things that terrify me. Right. So it's going to be painful. It is going to hurt. Whenever I tell that to clients, they're like, why are you telling me this? I'm like, <laughs> people want to lie to you and tell you it'll be fine. Like any coach who ever wants to be like, it'll be fine. It's going to be great. And you're never going to have any problems. Like do not work with that person. You know, right, the, right, right, the right. Truth is sitting in the darkness is painful. It is scary and it's going to hurt. However, your alternative is for the darkness to be there anyways, 
You're never going to heal it or clear it. You take it with you. You're never going to have an epic love story. You're never going to have an epic career. Your, your soul is never going to actualize what it came here to experience and be, be all because you were like, wow, those two hours of sitting in that darkness or 20 minutes or, you know, I didn't want to do that. Or those three months or those two days, I didn't want to do that. Right. And so it's like, cool. So you're going to do that for your entire life. I mean, I see people who die, who have never, ever given themselves permission to free themselves from their darkness. Oof. I don't want to be one of those people. That sounds terrifying. Doesn't it Morgs? That sounds terrifying. So your fear of dying with regret, or this is for me and for the listeners, right? For yourself, you have to decide which one's greater. Would you rather, and I always use the deathbed filter or like the rocking chair. You know, I'm, I'm 90, I'm on my porch on my rocking chair. What's around me? Who's around me? What does that look like? And what are the things, you know, I always ask myself, you know, so moving to Florida, I was like, okay, if I move to Florida, will I regret that? on my deathbed? And the answer was no. Even if I am there and I decide it's not for me and I leave, no, because I'll know. And then I did the same thing with the relationship. If this relationship ends right now, am I going to regret it on my deathbed? And it's like, no, I've given, I've given it all. I've explored it, but I would regret not leaving right. and seeing what, like there's, there's something your soul knows the whispers tell you where they're guiding you. But sometimes you have to go through the tunnel to see the light. And a lot of people don't have, don't give themselves the credit and permission to find that courage, allow the fear of staying stuck or never moving forward or living in the past, find the courage to, or reframe it so that the, the fear of staying stuck is greater than the fear of moving forward. And then you're like, well, I'm moving forward anyways. I'm just going to breathe and go. And your brain gets used to it. So how do you know the difference between the gremlins and the the guides, right? I think that's a really good question for me because sometimes there's it's like these constant chatter that I know is not truth, but then because it's there all of the time, it, it, it can really derail you if you allow it to. So how do you know the difference between your gremlins and your guides? This is such a great question. It also is validation of how awakened you are as a soul. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like you answered your own question in a way, which is chatter, like incessant chatter, consuming chatter, and anything that makes you feel crappy is not your guide. Okay. Awesome. If you notice so I'm not going crazy. That's awesome. That's well, really you might be going crazy because it's the chatter, but it's not your guide. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the flip side to that is your guides, your guidance, it's always it's always in love and it's always for expansion mm. and it's always, um, it's more like a whisper and it's more like you may hear something or feel something and go, huh? And it might cause you to pause and stop, but it doesn't make you feel like you're not enough. Mm. So anytime I feel like I'm not enough, or I'm comparing myself or I'm trying to please other people or I'm thinking about what other people might be thinking. That's all chatter. It's all. And for me, I always notice the difference because I've done a lot of work around this to tame my mind and to understand what's my mind and what's my guide. 
And for me, I find, and this is not universal, but I've seen this a lot with people who channel is that on the left side is where their own voice comes from. And on the right side is where a lot of other voices come from that are more guide voices. So it's paying attention even more and more where, when you're hearing that, Charlie Brown, when you're hearing that and you're feeling crappy, start to listen to where it's coming from because chances are it's coming from the same space in your audio field, auditory field, as well as in your body every time. So you'll start to go, Oh, when I feel it like this in my body or when I hear it coming from over here, that's my chatter. And then start to notice, because I know that you know when you're feeling something that's intuition. Right. So start to feel that and go, ooh, that's over here and that feels like this. Got it. And and it's sometimes it's logging it and writing it down. Uh, yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, for for me now, it's more about talking through it and not suppressing it. And, and the more I release it, the better I feel. I think that's the age-old um, adage, right? It, it's so interesting. And I can talk about these things all of the time. But you just mentioned channeling, which is something that I am really, really diving deeper into. There's these channels that I listen to on YouTube named Cryon. There's another one... Um, Bashar, I'm not sure if you know these type of channelers who will plug into their higher selves or their, you know, their spirit guides, so to speak, and they just rift and they have the most powerful rift sessions, right? And it's so incredible to see people rift and get into their, tap into their, their best selves. When you're epic and when you're sexy, what are you? Right, like to play off of the book. Tell me the difference between the Morgs who's at her highest power and the Morgs who's kind of caught up in the minutia. So, two things. One thing that's coming through too for you is, um, I, as a professional athlete, when you're in your body and you're in flow on the field. You know the difference, like you know when you're in flow. Yeah, so I and I miss having that. You know, it, it takes an athletic situation right now for me to be in that space. And when I get away from that for too long, it's it it's hard to find it outside of that. So I'm scratching and clawing right now. It's interesting you picked up on that. So it's also well, that, that's the you know that's the allowing yourself to just read and just say. So I always say when in doubt, blurt it out, you know, just like if I feel something, I just say it so that it can validate whatever message the person's supposed to receive. So I'm just showing you how it can be, how easy it can be for yourself to do it as well. Right. And, um, and so the thing is, is it's just knowing that sometimes we have stories where that we've created where we need, especially if, in this past life or current life as a past life, we were professional athletes, which I was as well as a gymnast. Then what ends up happening is, you know what flow feels like in your body. You just don't know how to do it as easily and effortlessly in your um, mind and integrating the body and the mind together and then vocalizing and putting all the pieces together. So you, I'm validating for you that you already know how to do it and all professional athletes know how to do it. 
it's just then taking the same amount of practice and dedication that you did when you were a professional athlete and giving yourself permission to focus on how to create a new version of channeling, a new connection of source. And it makes sense why for you getting into yoga is so getting into your body is so powerful. So I always encourage people. There are some people who are need to get into their body in order to access it. Some people need to paint in order to access it. Some people need to write. I'm a writer. So I write, I channel, write. Um, so it's just knowing that it's going to be different for everyone. And I just would encourage everyone to try all sorts of different things. Um, to answer the question before that you asked also is I, I believe that we have so many versions of ourselves. And I feel like that's a part of what we came here to get to experience and be and explore, which <laughs> I call them avatars and like the do it all girl avatar. I was talking right. about there. Um, she's not my best work. She gets a lot of things done, but then she's doing everything and you know, she doesn't get to have fun. Then I have the crazy, epic, sexy, fun, wild, and free me who is like, she's so, she's the one you want to go on dates with. She's the one you want to hang out with. Like she's a ton of fun, but you try to make her sit down and do taxes. And she's like, um, no, you know, so, <laughs> so I had to do it all girl do taxes. So there's a saying in real estate. It's like the highest and best use. It's knowing that there isn't necessarily one version of you. That's the right version for every situation or the epic, sexy you like that. It's your go-to version to always be is just asking yourself in this moment, which version do I most want to be that would make me most excited to be me and to love being me and the versions of myself that I'm not proud of or that I um, do not enjoy being are versions that I call victima. You know, she's like the victim me, which I do not like experiencing her. Right. Um, or I have a Punisher avatar, you know, where like her and Victima get together and have a bit of a party, you know, or it's like, you hurt my feelings. So what can I do to hurt? It's, it's ridiculous, you know? And <laughs> so, um, and so it's also being honest with ourselves that like, okay, that's interesting. Like my, my best self, is, my not best self is showing up right? and I get curious and I'm like, what's that all about? Because some version of me needs to be loved. And something needs to be reframed in order for me to not punish myself, you know, sure. and instead go, okay, so like, sometimes I just need a hug or sometimes like if Victima comes up, I need to just sit down and watch a movie or like maybe she's kind of pouting because I'm working too much. So right. listen to them. They can all teach us something. I'm kind of in that, I'm kind of in that mode right now that get shit done mode and not have any fun. And I don't like that guy. I don't necessarily have a name for him right now. Um, maybe Buzz Killington might be his name. Uh, but, but yeah, Buzz and I don't get along that well because the playful me is, is where the channeling is. Um, and, and redirecting that is, it's part of the life experience, right? Figuring out your things, things that work for you. I think there's a seven o'clock yoga session tonight. I might need to jump into that one. Um, okay. works, the, there's so many great aspects that you, that you have value that you have, but I want to get a little more directed. Some of the more common issues that you deal with all right, in this coaching aspect of your life, if you could give massive value to the listeners right now, based upon the average or, or what you see is most common, what would it be that you would 
try to add to the listeners' lives in this moment? Hmm, it's a great question. Um, let me feel what wants to come through. I think like the first thing that comes up is reframing what it means to be selfish is one of the first things I'm hearing, especially, and I think, and I do this all the time when I'm coaching people is typically people who are out there who are leaving large imprints on the world, people who are out there that are chasing their dreams and, and really redefining what it means to live, which I feel like is your audience base. We have, we experience guilt and we start to think that, well, and even sometimes we're feeling it from other people around us, right? That yeah. our lifestyle, our choice, because it's off the beaten path is that it's not right and, or that it's selfish because what happens for you to chase your dreams is you start saying no to others so you can say yes to you. And so what I always say to people who I can feel are in that, I'm like, you know, I got to tell you, you're pretty selfish. And I always get this like look from them that's pretty shocking. And I'm like, the fact that you would even think to let guilt or other people's opinions of you or, you know, to stop you from leaving your imprints of light and love on the world and from inspiring other people to follow their passion and dreams. That's really selfish, you know? And then we start, <laughs> you know what I'm doing. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like it's giving yourself permission to, in that same vein, redefine everything you've ever been given as a paradigm. The, the biggest definition that I changed, that I gave myself permission to change, that changed my entire existence was when I redefined what it, what success meant to me. So I always followed the paradigm that I saw in the world, which was success meant you graduate high school. Well, you get good grades. I was always like very studious. So you get good grades and then you graduate high school, you go to college even though you don't really want to, this was my story, right? Like I really didn't want to. My intuition told me I wouldn't need the degree for whatever I was doing, but you'd be a good girl. I feel right? like you're my twin flame, dude. I feel <laughs> like you're the same human being right now. It's just hilarious. Anyways, well, go on. Proceed. I feel like a lot of people listening will relate to that as well, right? right. Like knowing intuitively that that wasn't the path wherever they went, but that it was the parents knew best or other people knew best. And so you do it anyways. And, um, and then I, you know, and then I just remember like, Oh, okay. So I graduated. Now I get a job and it's a corporate job, right? Cause you're not taken serious and you're not a big girl or big boy until you get a corporate job. And then you buy a place, maybe you settle down and get married. Then you have kids, you know, and I just, when I got to the think, thank God, Wes, that I got to the point of realizing that it was a falsity when I was in the corporate world and I wasn't married or had kids yet, because I feel like whoever I would have married or had kids with at that stage and place of my life would not have been able to handle the power of the divine being that I am now, just because I wasn't in my full power, you know? So it's something I'm very conscious of now is, okay, I need to be with someone who can totally celebrate my light and loves my light and they're inspired by it and not triggered by it. So the, 
the way I redefined success was I stopped and I said, what is my current definition? My current definition was money, title, significance, prestige, stature, right? And I said, and this is where sitting still and actually listening to yourself for answers, going internal, which is what happens when you're on a yoga mat, going internal for guidance instead of external for guidance is... I asked myself, what, what would I define success as that would really allow me to create the life that I want? And I heard, how much time do you spend loving being you? And I was like, oh, none, you know, and it changed <laughs> everything for me. Cause then I, so every day I'm like, cool, what do I need to do in order to love being me even more? And it constantly puts me in a space of transition and up leveling and, and I love it. You're a badass. There's no doubt Morgs. And I know that the creating space tribe right now has absolutely enjoyed this conversation. And I have a feeling that as you know, we shoot down this path of 100, hopefully 1000, uh, podcasts with creating space. And as I look at the clock right now at 444, I feel like there's an affirmation in that, that number. I have a feeling that there'll be multiple uh, visits for you on this show as this all aligns. I will say this. I know you're super busy, but I would love to get into a hot round of questions with you uh, as, we round, as we round it off. First question I want to throw your way. You mentioned fear and your relationship with fear. But my first question I'll ask for you in the hot round is, what are you afraid of right now? Um shedding the small version of myself and stepping into this amazingly epic light that I feel like is just beckoning me to, to come and be it. Love that. And Florida is the place where you think that's going to happen. I know that's next for me for sure. Love that. Love that. Um, second question, what do you think the world and society is fearful of? The same thing. It's stepping into their full power. I don't think we're afraid of, I don't think we're that afraid of darkness. I think that we convince ourselves we're afraid of darkness so that we don't actually have to go into the tunnel and, and step into the full light. Cause we're more comfortable in our smaller comfy version of self. Mm. So good. So good. Uh, what is your most effective way for you to create space for that best self to enter? Uh, I think I've just gotten to a point in my life where I do it even wide awake. Um, I feel like being in the sun and I'm a sun goddess. So being in a bikini and just laying out and by an ocean, that's just going to take it to a whole new level. Love that. And uh, last question for the Creating Space interview. If you could have this one opportunity to make an imprint on society, you could take away pain, you could do anything with this one magic opportunity, what would you do to uh, significantly redirect the future of this experience? Mm. The first thing I hear is fun, right? Like, I'm a joy factory. I am here <laughs> that we're here to have fun, right? Like 
yes, leave an imprint of light and love and peace and all of that. It's nothing without having fun and enjoying the journey and enjoying being yourself while you're doing it. So good. It's so good. Morgan Field, it has been an absolute blast. And I hope it doesn't take a Creating Space podcast for me to catch up with you in the future. I want to know everything that's going on with your move to Florida. And I want to continue to watch you. I know you've been ripping it today. This is not your first interview today, which is so cool to watch you slay. But I appreciate every bit of your attention and your time to focus it towards creating space. And I wish nothing but the best for you moving forward. I know it's going to be an epic, an epic future for you. And I'm excited to watch it unfold. Thank you. And I would say the final piece to you and to the people listening, I keep hearing is like the questions that we're so curious about and that we're constantly asking other people. I would encourage you and everyone else to sit still and ask yourself those questions and see what answers come up for you. I need to do that. Yeah. I don't do that enough. It needs to be yeah. more of a running dialogue. Morgan Field, you are a badass and I'm so excited you came on the show. Thank you. Going inside and asking yourself the questions that you ask others and really listening, sitting still and tuning into you, that voice that goes beneath all the other voices, the one that never really alters its tone, but it takes a significant type of awareness to be able to get to that level and to decipher the messages that you receive. Slowing down is some of the hardest tasks that we'll ever take on, right? There's a multitude of ways to slow down. For me, I like to get into yoga. And before, I really love to get into flow and challenge my body and push myself to another level. But Lately, I've been getting into Zen yoga where it's much slower and you hold the poses for much longer and you are pushed face-to-face -face with the chatter and you begin to develop a relationship. And within that relationship, inside of the chatter, you begin to be able to decipher what is you and what are your demons or what are your gremlins, so to speak. I love this message from Morgan. I think there's so much value to take from it. And I think we all need to hold ourselves accountable for developing the relationship with ourselves first, because without that, then you can't even begin to get yourself to a point where you can focus on your tribe and your hustle and your legacy. You've got to check back in almost on a daily basis and make sure you're realigned with you. It's exactly what Morgan taught us today. She's making big life changes, chasing her dream. And I'm really excited to see how life shifts and changes for her down in Florida as she pursues what her heart desires. And as you all well know, that when you do that, you align with your highest calling and you bring or attract to you what you desire most and what is meant for you. So for you guys on the other side of that line, check back in with yourself. Make sure you're staying in line with you, your core values, and with your overall mission and vision. Uh, and if not, no worries. Align yourself back and get moving in the direction you desire most. Love every single one of you guys. A share, a like, a comment, a simple screen tag on your Instagram channel, making sure you're tagging myself, tagging Morgan Field at Epic Sexy You. Let us know just how much you enjoyed this conversation and let us know how much you intend on uh, living and listening to the real you inside your heart.